Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, you are going to hear me speaking at an event at a mastermind group that I spoke at about a month ago. This group is gathered by Ellis Hammonds, and it's a great group of guys and gals who are driven. They are focused. They're ready to hustle. Many are already hustling and making things happen, and just a great group. I hope that you enjoy this. I love sharing my story with groups like this, and I think today you're going to hear probably parts of that story that you've never heard before. Even after over a 1,000 episodes, I think there's probably parts of this that you've never heard before. And so I hope you enjoy the show. hope you are motivated, encouraged, and I'd love to hear from you as well. Feel free to reach out to me personally or... Get in the group, the Facebook group, either one. But I hope you have a blessed day. A couple of things that helped us to take off really as a business. One is I had to change. I had to change. I mean, the things that I did every day had to change. I had to be very strategic about who I was and how I used every minute of my day. Okay, I had to get really good at having more self-control than maybe I'd ever had in the past. I mean, military helps with that a lot. Law enforcement helps with that a lot. However... Now I had two children, and when all this started, had two boys, and I had to find time to start educating myself. I had to find time to start making things happen outside of what we were already doing, right? And so everything I did on a daily basis had to change, just the way that I thought. So first, I had to overcommit. I didn't know it was overcommitting at the time, but I just want you to think about it. And again, I wouldn't even recommend a daily podcast to most people. But I want you to think about that by overcommitting like that, what it did in me and how it pushed me. I never imagined I would be speaking in front of groups like you or in front of hundreds of people at a time. Never imagined that happening. But the Lord had a different plan. So I did. I had to learn how to involve my family, my team. I had to learn to delegate. Clarity on my mission or why. We're going to get into some more of that. But you know what? I also had to learn that my family was also on the mission and my team was also on the mission as well. Your team, your investors, your family, they all want more than just financial gain, whether they admit it or not, right? They really want more than just financial gain. Many won't say that maybe because everybody's talking about their real estate business and how amazing it is and their jets or their helicopters or whatever, right? And not that that's always bad, but you know what? It's hard to stand out in that, right? But if you'll be different, choose a different path, you'll stand out. So overcommitted, overcommitted. This pushed me in ways I never knew before, scaling teams. I had to hire people right away, like I talked about. So immediately I hired four virtual assistants from all over the world. They all did different things for the podcast. I immediately had to get pretty good. I mean, we're a lot better now, but I had to get pretty good then at creating processes for that team to know exactly what I needed done, right? I hired another virtual assistant in the States that helped me to manage all those people because I was still working full time. And it was very difficult, right? It's very difficult to manage those people. Eventually, it got easier, it got easier, but I had to get started, right? I had to get started. I had to get started. Kind of like this ClickFunnels thing. You know what? If you do the ClickFunnels one, if that's what you're more comfortable with now, but at least you get started, it's still a success. Even if you have to change it six months from now, that stinks. But you still got started. You didn't delay two more months thinking about it, 
right? You didn't wait six more months or a year, you know, trying to postpone that change then, right? You know, at least you got started. It's so important. That's the only way you're going to improve then, right? It's after you get started, especially your processes. Now, what others thought? I mentioned about my family. We received quite a bit of pushback. Whitney, what are you doing? You've been with the federal government now this many years. Why would you leave that? Why would you leave that? And you have to think about where they're at and why they think that. Again, better J-O-B than that many of them have ever had. And so you have to be ready for that. It doesn't mean you're wrong. And they're going to come to you out of love too, right? Even people that, I never forget this guy in this real estate meetup that I was in for a couple of years. And everybody in there is more single family and flipping and single family rentals, that type of mindset. Not that that's bad. But when I come in there and said, you know what, I've got a 15 unit, but now I really want to do 100 plus unit. They're like, <laughs> everybody in there's, wait a minute, you've lost your marbles a little bit. Something's going on. One guy came to me and he said, Whitney, that's just not the way most people do it. <laughs> you know, and so I just encourage you. I just want you to know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to receive pushback. And again, like he came to me because he cared about me. He truly did care about me. And that's great. And I want to share with him my path. And he sees that now. But you have to be willing to push through some of that. So the process, what it tells others about you. And a couple of things that you don't even think about when you create, say, in my case, thought leadership platform, like a podcast. People see, when they see you're doing a daily show. I mean, I hear this so often, like, man, if he can organize that, he can probably organize a lot of other things. Or if he can manage to get that done, whatever. It doesn't have to be a daily podcast, by the way. I'm not saying that. But your systems, your processes, the way you represent yourself in every way matters, okay? Just the way the guests even come on the show. I hear it so often, so often. They say, Whitney, like, this has been the best process for being interviewed on a show. I feel much more prepared for your interview than I do anybody else's, okay? And that is all because I overcommitted. I didn't just like dream up those things. It's like, no, it has to be that good because if I'm doing 15 interviews today, I can't spend 10 minutes fixing somebody's mic. Can't. I just can't do it. At that point, then I'm behind, right? And I've got to tell them, I'm sorry, we're going to have to reschedule, but now I missed an interview, right? So I had to bring it to that caliber. You know, just even that process says something about you, right? And that's going to rub off on your team. You're going to raise them to that level as well. So I encourage you to think about what is your mission? Do you know? Does your spouse know? Does your team know? And do your investors know? We're going to get into this a little bit more, but I just want you to be thinking about that. What is your mission? Can you articulate it? What's a cause you're passionate about? I just want you to like be thinking through this a little bit. I'm not going to ask you, but working for something other than financial gain, which we talked about, and just why are you in the business? You know, is it so you can own a jet or a yacht? Not that those are all bad, but I'm just saying, why are you? Do you know? Sharing your mission. Put your mission into words. Ingrain it into everything you do. I've not always done a great job at this. And again, I thought it was by accident. Like I said, the Lord had a different plan. I started going to conferences. I went to that first conference. And again, my eyes were opened to all those things. But then all of a sudden, I started going to as many conferences as I possibly could. That first conference, I was the first one there. I actually, this is a God thing. But I was the first one in the door. I actually snuck in. One of the team members let me in early. No joke. Okay, I mean, I was there that early because I wanted to be very front, very center. I was ready to go, right? And I noticed the host. This was his first event, and there was probably going to be 400 people there. Very nervous. Pacing, right? What do you think happened? Huh? I got to pray with him. 
And he and I just still remember that to this day. He's interviewed me numerous times and he almost just cries thinking about it. It's just neat how the Lord will use you. No joke. I shouldn't have even been in there at that time, but I was. I was there. I could tell he was so nervous. I just said, hey, you know, can I pray with you? It's just be willing to put yourself out there a little bit, right? But put your mission into words. I started going to conferences. After that conference, I mean, I just started hitting the conference circuit as hard as I could go. I was networking as hard as I could go, but trying to make great connections, right? Not just the shotgun approach, right? Throwing business cards out because that just doesn't work. But what I did do different is I shared my mission, okay? Like I said, I didn't plan it that way. I hadn't read Simon Sinek's why whatever book yet, all that where he talks about start with why. I hadn't read that at that time, but it's what I was doing. It's what I was doing. So at a conference, even like this, people say, oh, what do you do, right? What do you do? What do you say? What do you say? Oh, well, I have a real estate business and investors invest in our deals and we do some deals in the West and whatever, make great returns. Well, if everybody in there is saying something like that, how many people remember you, right? Making money is not about what you have. It's about what you keep. And the only way to keep money is to understand where it came from and where it needs to go. Lionshare Bookkeeping believes that there's a difference between owning real estate and owning a real estate business. That's why Lionshare Bookkeeping provides bookkeeping on a consistent basis, giving you the level of understanding you need and helping you keep the lion's share of your money. Today, LSBK works exclusively with real estate investors nationwide to obtain the level of financial clarity needed to focus on acquisitions, marketing, running their business, and enjoying time with their family. If you'd like to learn more about them, go to lionsharebookkeeping.com to check out their educational content and book a meeting with them if you're ready to take it to the next step. You know, but I would say, well, my wife and I are starting a foundation where we help families adopt children, you know, save children. Our investors are actually, we do that through commercial real estate and our investors get to play a role in that, but it doesn't affect their returns at all. So they still get the amazing benefits of real estate, but helping us save these children and then just silence. So what do you think happens then in their mind? They've just been talking to 200 people and they haven't heard anything like that, right? Again, I didn't plan it that way, but the Lord had a different plan. I started to see it happening. And so then the conversation is much different. What? It's like way out there, right? From what they've been hearing. Tell me about the, what is that again? Tell me about the children. And then all of a sudden we're talking about adoption. We're talking about caring for orphans and widows. We're talking a little bit about this story. We're talking about my kids. And then, well, you know, we're talking about their kids and their grandkids or whatever, right? And so it's a very different conversation than they've had with anybody else. So when I follow up the next day or a week later, guess what? They remember, right? It wasn't just that same real estate conversation. So I encourage you. It'll come up again in a minute, but I want to go ahead and say it. Like, if you only have one minute with someone, what are they going to remember about you? You have five minutes with someone. I hope they remember a lot of good things about you, and I hope you're even adding value to them if you have five minutes, right? No, like, and trust. We've all heard this, right? I'm not going to go through no, like, and trust, but I say there's something that's missing. Loyalty. You need loyalty. Loyalty's missing. When you have loyalty, man, it's a very different relationship with your customers or your investors in our case. It's a very different relationship. So when you have loyalty, they want to see you succeed. How many have iPhones or Apple? How many other Apple devices do you have? I mean, you see an Apple, it's just like, man, that's got to be the best thing, right? You just assume it's the best product. Not Maybe not everybody, but most, right? A new product comes out, they have to have it because they have that brand loyalty. 
And that's what you need. Harley Davidson. People tattoo Harley Davidson on their arm, on their back. Man, that's a loyal customer right there. They're probably going to have a Harley their whole life, right? And they're also telling everybody else about how much they love Harley Davidson, right? And there's many other aspects to that. But that's what you want to create. You want to create that loyalty. And when you're sharing your mission, there's a different connection that's made. You have to show up to give. You have to lead with your mission. Forget about win-win. I talked about mission first, the conversation, the connection. I was just talking about this. I want to hammer a little more. Remember, when you connect with that individual, when you're sharing your mission, it is different. It is a different connection. It gives you the opportunity to share something you're passionate about. And then that person feels that passion, right? They feel that, they see a different side of you than just business, right? Than just podcast or whatever, or just these big apartment buildings, they see a different side of you. And that's a connection that's not going to be made just talking about how much money you can make on an apartment building, typically. We talked about it again. Not an easy process. The old schedule and the new, when we were getting started, I would do 12 to 15 shows on a Monday. From my federal agent position, I had two days off a month, every other Monday. Those days, my team knew that I had to be full. I had to be full, if at all possible. I would still do three to five interviews in the afternoon. A lot of days, I'd get home and do interviews or investor calls or emails. I would even take investor calls from 5 to 7 a.m. in the morning. Believe it or not, there are people that would schedule calls with you that early. They will, and they will be impressed that you're available at that time. I'm not available at that time now, but at that time, I was, right? I would take every call I could possibly get, every call I could get. Now I can make that schedule. What we were talking earlier, you know, about that shift, that change, and that's difficult. We're used to working so many hours, and it's hard to pull back from that now. It's so important, right? So important, but it is difficult. And my wife, who's amazing, again, by the way, I may say that a few more times. During that process, she did everything. She did everything. Three kids, third adoption process. I was traveling a lot, and she did everything. So I would be recording those interviews, and we called it my marathon day. We bought this little house in town, not in the best part of town, but I put two walls up in the corner of the basement, and that was my office. And that's where all this began. And I had a standing desk, and I would stand there for 12 to 15 hours a day, nonstop, doing those interviews, and I would also be interviewed on other people's shows, also take phone calls, whatever it took, and we would call it my marathon day. She would literally pack me lunch for me to take to the basement. Seriously, a minute or two between shows, I would try to scarf something down. And so it was that intense for two and a half years or so. My boys knew, unfortunately, that they didn't get to see me to almost most Sundays. That's if I wasn't traveling. Sometimes Saturday nights. I'm not proud of that, but it did take that level of commitment to move as fast as we did. But also, one thing I didn't share is the vision that you paint for your family. You don't hear it talked about often as far as your family being team members. I call them my hidden team members because people don't talk about it very often. And my wife, I mean, could not have done this without her support. It's interesting, just this room of believers as well. If we had not both known the Lord, I have no doubt. I would not be standing here right now. Hopefully we would still be married, but it probably would not have happened. Would not have happened. I mean, I can only explain it because the Lord sustained us through that time. That is the only way. But painting that vision for your family is so important, where you're going. It's not going to last forever. I have certain weeks now, like a week at a time where it's just like, maybe I have to work 60 hours or something. And they're like, you're gone too long. And and I think it's almost like shell-shocked a few years ago. And so 
Now I can schedule my time. Now I can be a lot more flexible with family and schedule times off, but I had to be willing to just keep driving forward. The mindset behind that, crucial, right? Just the never give up mentality, but I had to make sure my wife was ready for that, right? I didn't know the level of commitment it was gonna take. I did not know what it was gonna take from all of us, but again, painting that vision. So we gave up that farm, and that was a vision I could paint for my boys too. Like, this is our vision for the foundation, and you know what, we're gonna have a farm again soon. Right? I don't know when. I didn't know how long it was going to take, right? But we're not going to give up. That's where we're headed, though. That's where we're headed. We are back out on a farm now. Let me go back, though. There's something Ellis forgot to remind me of. This horse. He was my best horse. He was the last one I sold. His name's Shamrock. And he was one I could, I could ride at Liberty, do all kinds of stuff with nothing on him, no halter, bridle, anything, do tricks. And he could sit up like a dog and all kinds of stuff. But this horse, the way the Lord is so gracious. So an attorney, actually, it's funny that this horse is on here too. An attorney bought this horse from me. It was his favorite horse ever. I mean, he just loved her. And he rode in the saddle. He said, I got to have that saddle too. I said, I can't sell my saddle. But he offered me like four times what I paid for it. So I said, it's yours. You know? (laughs) So I said, it's yours. Thank you. And so sure enough, a few years later, he calls and he wants another horse. And I had Shamrock and he bought Shamrock as well. He bought that saddle too. However, about probably three months ago, he reaches out to me and he says, Zip, which was this horse, is sick and they had to put her down. And he's mid to late 70s. And he just said, you know, I need to start backing off the riding. And would you be interested in buying Shamrock? And so I just said, I sure would. I sure would. So we now have Shamrock back at our place. So it's just neat. We gave up that passion. We sold him and everything related to that. But just the Lord's kindness and even allowing me to have my horse back. Oh, and... All my tack, my saddles, it's all my, I mean, what I was using. And he gave me most of it back. He just said, you know what, just take it. Amazing horse. You know, my boys are working with him now and learning so much. But anyway, I just wanted to share that story with you. It doesn't have to be forever, but you know, you may have to take a break on a passion that man, it may seem hard at the moment, right? It's helpful even for me to look back and think about the level of commitment it took and really to just be able to point to the Lord and just his kindness on our family and sustaining my wife and I, even people at church, even my small group leader. I mean, there were times where he was like, how much you been home lately? I mean, he's caring about us, right? Are you being that father that you know you should be? And I had to say no to lots of things. I had to tell him, you know, I just can't be there right now. This isn't going to last forever. Even like small group events or church outings, I had to say no to all of them. And that was difficult, very difficult, but it did take that level of commitment. Thankfully, it worked out, right? Thank the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.